0: Today is July 29th, 2019, and you're listening to episode 15 of Manchild and the Old Guy. He is the manchild a Bearded 20-something, and I'm the old guy, a cynical Gen Xer. This is your intergenerational podcast where we discuss pop culture, faith, politics, and whatever we find interesting broadcasting from the basement because that is where mom lets us i'm the old guy and i'm the man child welcome to our stream of consciousness welcome welcome yeah well it's a great day outside it's like 80 some degrees today the end of july which isn't a bad temperature
1: no it's not a bad temperature if you know you're just traveling outside and doing things um but when you work inside and they have to go outside to take your break um your car feels like a furnace. It doesn't <laughs> matter if you have the windscreen or the, uh, you know, what do you, what do you call it? The, the sun blockers.
0: Yeah, just the sunshade. Yeah,
1: the shades that go in the front of your glass does not matter because I'm there so long at work, the sun moves all over. So it is, you can put it in the front windows, but um, all the other windows are going to start absorbing light. That's why I want to get my windows tinted. I think that would help a lot.
0: You think that's going to help to tint your windows? Yeah. Thank you for that. Here's a minor one. I get one other one. No, you, no no no, 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 no. there's a, there was a you tiny one your okay come early. on it's ah
1: come on it was a little baby it was a little baby bitch yeah all right well you know what i want to tell you something right now dad
0: well wait a second i just i i simply want to say tinting your windows really has almost no effect if your car's sitting in a parking lot that is false it is not false because guess what window you can't tint
1: yeah, I know, I'm saying you can tint all the other windows because... Th- Dude, this is what I'm saying. You can tint all the windows, right? You Except can't... the sh- windshield. You can't tint the windshield. Right. But you can put the windscreen thing up there when you're parked.
0: The windscreen. Thing. Whatever. The sunshade.
1: The sunshade. <laughs> you can put the... Sh- yeah, you can put the windshield where the windshield goes. Um, no, yeah, you've... you can put the shade in front of the windshield or behind it or whatever, and then you can block the other windows, and it's going to be a lot cooler in the car.
0: Okay. I... Once you get your windows tinted... I want you to put a thermometer in your car.
1: It's still going to be hot, but it's going to be less hot than it was before. That is one of the main reasons for less getting hot, windows otherwise tinted.
0: known as cooler.
1: Oh, I can't say cooler because you get triggered and say, oh, no, it's still be hot. So I'll say <laughs> less hot. Okay. That way well, it doesn't you
0: te- You test this. I I, am, I I, will gladly test this as soon I'm as you put say, your
1: headphones on correctly.
0: Are they on backwards again?
1: Yeah. It's okay.
0: Well, obviously it's not okay with you. No. I mean, but it's I'm okay. I'm going to put them on right now.
1: Yeah, I know. We just did a photo shoot, guys, because uh, we're re- famous.
0: They really don't feel any different. <laughs> I know it bugs you. Yeah,
1: those cauliflower ears or something. I don't I know. Do they
0: have cauliflower color ears.
1: Colorflower ears? Yeah, you're right, Dad. You don't have colorful flower <laughs> ears. Um, so.
0: Well, what are you going to rant about today, manchild? Well, we're going to talk about a couple things before...
1: We get into the big meaty stuff today because we've already talked about last week that today's episode is going to be a lot more about politics than we have been in the past. We've touched on some of those issues, arguably quite a lot. Um, But a lot of time our episodes are just kind of me ranting about something political, usually. And And, then the rest of our –
0: quite often being wrong, but that's
1: okay. Okay, wrong, correct. What's the difference? We're all going to die in the end. All right, but today I wanted to talk about um, the Democrats. I think there's 27 right now. Um, that are running yeah, for I, I don't know
0: the exact number, but. It was 25. But although th- there's been lots of stories this week about where oh. Beto O'Rourke is. Nobody knows where he is.
1: I've, that's I don't a think good he's point.
0: Been campaigning this week.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's done. Um, so I'll just get, get this out of the way. Um, who's it going to be in the primaries for 2020? It's going to be Trump, and who do you think else?
0: Uh, who's going to be the Democratic nominee? Mm hmm. Well, there still is the outside chance of Hillary Clinton.
1: I don't think it's even outside. I think uh, she is totally coming back.
0: Oh, you think she's going to come back? Yeah. There's... So I, but I don't think. <coughs> excuse me. I don't think the DNC wants her um, and her apparatus. So uh, that'll be a big challenge. And look, I don't,
1: I don't care who you are, but having six friends who have committed suicide is an anomaly. All right. Six of her quote unquote friends have all committed suicide. You know, so I think anyone that's the, you know, those top league people in the DNC aren't going to say, oh, no, you can't join us, Hillary, because they're all going to be at a funeral next week for someone they know.
0: Oh, goodness. They're all going to be dead. That is a conspiracy theory. No,
1: she killed her chef. She also killed that Seth. Oh, wait, kid. wait.
0: You cannot. She allegedly. I'll say what I want. No, you. She, she can sue me all she wants. Uh, no, you're not going to say those things on here. You cannot say that she did that.
1: Gotcha. It was a punchline. It was a joke, so you can't sue me because it's a joke. So, it wasn't a funny <laughs> joke. It was satirical. I don't know.
0: Okay, I, there's no proof. She's never been tried. All of that kind of stuff. But, you can say that, that um, she allegedly has been involved in those things, allegedly. Yeah, whatever. She, I mean, there she, is a lot of coincidence surrounding both her and her husband. There's a
1: lot of coincidence. You know.
0: It was a coincidence
1: that I, he happened I, to be drunk and driving and died. Okay. It was well, getting back
0: to your original question there's an outside chance, I think, that Hillary could be jumping in. Um, many of the uh, com- political commentators that I listen to uh, (laughs) excuse me, um, think that there is still an outside chance. Uh, but if she doesn't get in by the first of the year, she's not going to get in. Uh, outside of that, um, Biden and Elizabeth Warren look like the top two, um, contenders, uh, that'll be going forward. So it would be up to those three. It'd be either Hillary, Elizabeth Warren, or Joe Biden. Of course, right now, if you look at real clear politics, Joe Biden's in the lead. And he's actually uh, leading Trump throughout most of the United States. But that's typical this time in an election cycle because most of the polling apparatuses uh, actually oversample Democrats a little bit. So usually the Democrat is ahead at this point in time. And um, so it's probably about even if it was Joe Biden and Trump and Elizabeth Warren and Trump, and I don't think, even if Hillary ran, I don't think she has a chance.
2: Yeah,
1: I, don't, I, just, I just know. She's an
0: unlikable person. Nobody wants to listen to her. And that's, I think, the, uh, the problem with Elizabeth Warren is she's so, um, no one wants to listen to that voice. And when
1: I'm telling you about, hey, guys, hello there, I am going to talk about these things, and she sounds like she's croaking and about ready to die half the time as she's speaking, Um, but my whole thing is that I I think Hillary Clinton's going to come in, whoop, save the day. Um, because it's going to – either they're going to kill enough people, they're going to pay off enough people to, like, just write her name in to the point where she wins the primary because, well, she she wrote her in. And you can't say that they won't do that because would that not be a very strong symbol of what she's about, uh, dismantling the, the House of Representatives and stuff like that? and What? what because they want to do the popular, popular vote. They don't want to oh, do rep- – just-
0: what do you mean dismantling the House of Representatives?
1: All the rep- they don't want representatives; they want direct votes for everything. For the
0: presidency, but not.
1: No, it's the, still the, the the talk is starting to change to just everything. Like every time there's an issue, they just want the entire nation to vote, which is
0: well. That's how you get what's happening in California, and they contradict the the population contradicts itself. There's all these uh, referendums on every time. An election happens in California, and sometimes the politicians don't like what the population has voted on, and then circumvented in the legislature anyway. But
1: yeah, I, but I mean, it would it would be not uh, <laughs> irony, but it would it would definitely make a point um, to the rest of the the country. I don't know what I'm saying. I mean, you're, you're it, like saying they want to get they rid, of, get rid electoral of all the college. yeah. They want to get an electoral college. They want to get rid of the representatives and all this kind of stuff. So you, I, you know, not I don't, usually, I've
0: never. But I I've never heard of them getting rid of the House of Representatives.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people that want to simplify the government, which I think the U.S. government's pretty darn simple for the most part. <laughs> um, simple-minded. Well, but so there's just one of those things where you when you look at it, it's. Uh, Really stupid, but it totally makes sense. You have this whole people that want to get rid of um, any type of representation. They just want to have direct votes, direct democracy, which uh, typically leads to ruin. And then, you know, what what's going to happen with the primaries of the DNC? There's going to be all these people voting. And then, oh, I'm voting for my side because the DNC uh, votes really weird, more One person can vote for, has 10,000 votes versus one person that has one half a vote. Called the
0: Super Ballot.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you're going to have so many people vote for Hillary. They're going to be like, oh,
0: well, yeah, come on, Hillary. Well, that's how they messed up. Because Bernie Sanders actually was very popular in 2016. And he technically should have been the Democratic nominee. And there's a lot of people that feel if he was the nominee... In 2016, he actually would have beat Trump.
1: Yeah, I think he would have, because it was just at the right time. Um, Right now, I don't think he's going to – I don't think he can get anywhere, because there's just – there's nothing to it. You look at Bernie, just burned out, because he ran so hard with all the stuff he was doing. What are the other 26 candidates doing for the Democrats? The exact same stuff. I mean, some of them are stupid. Like Noah Jenna pointed out, there's one-point politicians, abortion, gun control, or – you medicare free school and that's the only thing they harp on you ask about anything else you're like let's have an, uh, an a conversation about it at some point they can't well, that's make a like decision Kamala Harris, yeah obviously. um so you just get all these people that don't have actual not that they don't have opinions um, but they don't have any plans or policies that they actually want to enact except this one thing because they just want to get into office and you know a lot of people are right they're just doing this to bolster their indeed profile or <laughs> and, and, i guess indeed is more of a local thing um, their uh, uh LinkedIn, LinkedIn—that's that the word. Their LinkedIn profile, their resume—they just put it on there. Because next time Kamala Harris is on the news, it's not going to be, um, <laughs> senator well, yeah, Kamala a Harris. a lot of
0: these folks are.
1: Dude, they know dude. They,
0: they have what?
1: I just got this email. What does it say? Who's it from?
0: I I can't read it from here.
1: Look at it. Sorry, guys. Look at this. Look at this.
0: Out of date. Out of jobs.
1: Yeah. Indeed.com. Yeah, this is a. This is just now. I just got an email from Indeed.com, yeah, which this is, a, is a job hosting site. Yeah, this um, is one
0: of those creepy things we talked about. Indeed, and then all of a sudden he gets an email. Don't
1: e- don't even tell me this is just by chance. This has happened.
0: And, okay. I, and I do want to put out that uh, you are using an Apple device. And I think yeah,
1: and you're using a Samsung. What's the difference? Well,
0: I think Apple has a lot more listening than google
3: does that is such
1: bullcrap that is there is way more google home issues than there are ever siri issues yeah there are people that listen to siri conversations to help them better but there aren't people that are like seriously leaking out thousands of hours of stuff people are saying or google well that
0: happened a lot faster than it did on my android device
1: but it still happens on your android device because guess what it's technology it all happens
0: I'm not saying that I'm not being listened to on an Android device. It just happens
1: faster on Apple. So you're saying Apple's a better product? It's much faster than Android. I'm
0: saying that they're listening to you. Yeah, so it has a better microphone. That is not what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, you were saying it's listening a lot better than it is on there. So obviously, I have a better microphone on my iPhone.
0: Okay, whatever.
1: Anyways, I think (laughs) Trump is probably going to win in 2020. I have no definitive evidence other than um, there's nothing better. Okay, there's nothing so better that's going to happen. So what the Republican you're saying Party is, Trump, is a complete,
0: Trump's going to win because out of the choice of the two major parties, Trump is going to be and the better. And it's the exact
1: same thing I explained in 2016 to people that are asking me why I'm voting for Trump. I explained it as um, a train that has three tracks. It can go on, right? So it's going forward. It has to make these three decisions. Mm-hmm. There's 100 people on board this train. Now, if it takes the left train... It's gonna go to Bernie, and everyone's gonna die. It's gonna go off a cliff. If you go,
0: you're saying if a Democrat gets voted in, no, no, no. We just listen to the thing. We just listen to the thing. Okay,
1: so it's coming up the three tracks. You have to decide where to to save these people, which is save America. Which one do you go? You can go Bernie, and everyone just goes off a cliff. You can go Hillary, where uh, you don't go off a cliff, but you definitely run over 80 people. So you really only save like 20 in the end. And then the Trump route, where you kill two people, but um, you know, I'm not the majority of Americans. I, I am don't totally
0: are, not following your metaphor. Whatever.
1: I'm just trying to uh, look. It's a bunch of bull crap. This entire political thing is a bunch of bull crap. Trump's going to win. No one really cares about the rest of the Democrats. They're doing it because the next time Kamala Harris is on the news, it's just going to be uh, uh, former presidential candidate and senator Kamala Harris is on air. Uh, Kamala, what do you have to say? Uh, <laughs> That's all it's going to be. That's the only reason they're doing this stuff is to the bolster their career. Uh, uh, Pocahontas ain't going nowhere. Okay. She's done. She's just done. Elizabeth Warren? Yeah. Uh, Bernie Sanders. He's, he's raising dead. quite a bit of it, money. Yeah. She's raising a lot of money. It, it isn't going to go anywhere, though. She she She's not going to be able to do anything because this is. You're a racist! That's what she's going to say every time someone does something. That Someone's going to say, well, you're the one that pretended to be a Native American. No, I didn't. I was raised that way. I thought it was it's it's a bunch of bull crap it's gonna be like the circle jerk of just random people oh, i'm better no i'm better did you no, really I'm just say that yeah it's it's that's all it is it's just news networks making something
0: different for zoomers and no different... it
1: doesn't it means exactly that but it's mm-hmm. everyone in a circle yelling at each other while they're all you know making money off of it no one really cares in the end who's in office they just care as long as there's ratings
0: nobody really who's nobody no,
1: I'm of... not doing I'm not doing this. You're going to nitpick me on about, like,
0: who's nobody?
1: Well, it's you a, said nobody it's cares a who the person is. Nobody.
0: Like, Are you saying, I
1: don't... Oh, dude, why do I have to do this every time on the show? i got to, like, break down when I say nobody or, well, you know, because everyone... because that's an absolute statement. You make absolute statements. I don't break you down when you do that.
0: I catch myself saying that.
1: No, you, saying, you don't. Oh, You're, like, a computer's an investment. And I broke you down last episode because you always break me down when I say something like that.
0: Break you down. Yeah. Break well, down what you say. Same
1: difference. Okay, look. The, uh,
2: the, okay, I'm today. done with
1: this rant. Let's get on with this. This is a crap rant. Just go ahead. Let's, let's go with the rest of the show. <laughs> you ruined it. You ruined the whole thing. It was supposed the... to be a rant, and then you come in and you do your own well, little no, spiel. Come on. I'm not, you not
0: doing your... Finish. Say you're sorry. I'm sorry. Do You still love me. Yes, I do. Okay. I. (sighs) Okay, I'm better. Okay, Okay, so where are you going? So you think that it's going to be Hillary versus Trump? Is that what you're saying? I think
1: in the end it's probably going to end up that way. Hillary's going to come out of the the weeds, and it's just going to be her and Trump. And they're going to make some show of it, and it's going to be Hillary, and she's going to be right there next to Trump, and they're going to be arguing again. And I... It's just going to be like a repeat of 2016 where people are going to keep saying, well, Biden's doing better, or, you know, whatever, Pocahontas is doing better, or the slave-trading black lady, what's her name, uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, she's doing better. She, okay, it, she, Her family were slave traders in Jamaica. That is where their money comes from. I
0: Whether or not their money came through, I don't know, but her dad's biography does state that and her dad has stated that that they are from Jamaica and they own slaves when they are back there whether or not their money comes from that or whatever I
1: that's another story. I'm sure it does but hey whatever uh, yeah it's gonna be Trump in the end I think he's just gonna win again uh, at this point I'm so disinterested uh, because you've talked about it and we both talked about it everyone's starting to talk about it the deficit the budget. The oh, it's... freaking debt. It's you can do all you want. That's cool as a president, but there's just so much money that's being spent on everything. I don't. I don't even know. But at some point, what what are we gonna do? It's gonna get too much, and everyone owes everyone a whole bunch of money. I just. I don't get it because, because look, like the Democrats are screwed. The Republicans are screwed. The Libertarians are screwed. It yeah, yeah. they just doesn't really exist at this point. Anyone that says they're libertarians, like, uh, they say, well, I'm a big fan of this band. Like, that band hasn't existed in, like, 30 years. Yeah, well, it's still the best music. They only released two singles. Well, yeah, you know. And they're well, just they're... people that are just tied together by a simple idea. But no one – yeah. re- libertarians will never form a legit party. And they, I'm going to say they will never win the presidency. They will never achieve anything no, yeah. because there's too much of the libertarians that um, – it, there there needs to be a definitive thing, but libertarians are not definitive by their existence. Well,
0: we, it, it'll be really hard for a third-party candidate to...
1: I don't think it'll be that hard, uh, especially... To win the presidency. I think right now a third-party candidate could totally come in. It, but the problem but, would be is a third party is ca- just going to be a Democrat. That's all it is. Um,
0: I, I don't know about that, but they're... they're the true reality is if you voted a third party candidate in as the president, you're not going to have third party people in the House and the Senate. And so both the Democrats and the Republicans probably are not going to work with that guy. Yeah, it'll be a gridlock government, which and would be a big thing. Yeah, which necessarily won't be a bad thing if the government's not doing anything. But he's never going to get any legislation proposed or passed. It'd be really difficult. Yeah, don't do anything
1: past. Leave it. Yeah. Be a coolidge.
0: I mean, the, the reality is, is that Trump's spending money way faster than Obama did in the last two years of his presidency. Right, The last three years, he's ran up $2.6 trillion in debt. Mm-hmm. And two of those years, he had a Republican House and Senate. They could have voted in good budget deals to be fiscally responsible And now there's stories coming out that Trump's telling his team if they get re-election that they've got to make major budget cuts in his next four years. Well, why not do that now? I mean, there because if you
1: start doing budget cuts, you're going to cut a whole bunch of stuff. That's the thing, though. When when you first get your first term you got to get the second one because that's the time everyone wants to get the majority of things done because you don't care about getting reelected because you can't. You can't run again. So if you just finish it all out in the last four years, you get all the stuff that like the public wants in the, f- the first four, and they promise great things in the second. So you get elected again. You go in, and you can do some of those things. majority of it is cutting the budget, making regulation, bang, 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 locking it in and sealing it. That the stuff you made during your first four years aren't going anywhere. That's the goal of the second, of the second part of it.
0: The second four years, you simply are not running for office anymore, so you can make um, maybe more aggressive decisions. But none of that's going to happen if he doesn't have a House and a Senate that at least will play ball with him. And he kind of had that in his first two years, with a Republican House and Senate. But he doesn't keep his mouth shut, and he ticks everybody off. So Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell didn't want to play ball with them. So basically we had two years of full Republican control spending out the wazoo. And now people have went back the uh, congressional budget office and those who do audits on the federal government and what our gross domestic product is and uh, economic growth have all revised all the quarters already of the first part of the Trump presidency and year over year, we're we're not getting even three percent growth, with this much money coming into the federal government and um, a sixteen to twenty-two trillion dollar economy, depending on who you look at and who who you um, look who you're reading and talking about the economy, a massive economy, more things happening than ever, but we're still only in a two percent growth cycle. That, I don't know.
1: You, you explained the 2% like we're well, not growing really well, but everything that I've been hearing, especially in my classes and things like that, is that the, the U.S. government's growing faster than it has in a long time. I mean, unemployment U.S. Is,
0: government? Yes. Or, uh,
1: the, the US, U.S. government economy. in
0: America yeah, well, it's growing. 2% growth of $20 trillion is a lot more growth than $15 trillion.
1: Yeah, but you, you just you, the way you phrase It's only two percent. Yeah, two well, percent of because
0: a two trillion. There's a reason behind that because three percent growth is considered the sustainable spot that economists want the U.S. economy to be. Is about three percent. Yeah,
1: they, because they want keeps, it all they want, but they also keeps, want to change inflation randomly because they think it'll do better and well. That's, oh, the, do this f- and that. that's the
0: Fed doing that. But they're all economists. Well, the economists are only reporting things. The Not all the Fed Dude, sh-
1: who do you think they hire to work in the Fed?
0: Bankers.
1: It's bankers who are economists because they go to college. And what degrees do they get it in?
0: In accounting. In they econ- get it in economics. all different kind of things, but they're not all econ- economists. As oh, come
1: as- on. You got, is, there's, look, you're not going to hire and make a defense contract company and not hire a bunch of dudes from the military. It's not going to work. If you're going to deal with money, you're going to run the Fed. You're going to hire a bunch of economic advisors, a bunch of economists.
0: I'm not saying that some of them aren't economists, but that's not who they all are. You the, don't. The economists are the ones making budgets and crap. But well, guess like what? That. A whole bunch of the engineers that work for Boeing or or any of those companies didn't serve in the military.
1: Yeah, I didn't say they were because they're not the ones in charge. They're the ones building crap. You don't need a three tours in Iraq, three-pack-a-day Marine, and I've sniped 50 million people. You don't need one of those dudes building a plane. You need him in charge of leading a group and organizing stuff.
0: So, yeah, I'm just looking up uh, Mr. Powell, who's the current Fed chair. And he went to, where did he go to school? Princeton
1: University, got a degree in politics.
0: Yeah, he has a degree in politics, and then he went to Georgetown and got a degree in what? Law. He is not an economist. Great,
1: but he does that's have the, a PhD dude, that's in a, economics. That, but that's—I'm sorry,
0: what was that part? He does have a. Oh wait, he, he is the first chair of the Federal Reserve since 1987 not to hold a PhD in economics.
1: First since 1987 so very long history of people being doctors in economics running the fed one two does he really count he's not the people they're constantly hiring for the fed he's the dude in charge of the fed
0: well i'm just using that as an example they don't always put these people are very smart you don't have to be an economist to know how an economy what is
1: an economist though
0: that's a person who studies economies
1: great you work in the fed what are you studying (laughs)
0: <laughs> they're not studying anything. They're screwing up the economy, is what they do. Yeah, like because they're the bad at or... doing
1: it. Yeah, but that's well, the like... thing. That's what economists do. Because they sit around and just toy with the ideas of hey, we should adjust to this. No, we should do it this way. They, they they don't. No one. Everyone agrees. They can say it's three percent because it's just a mean. It's an average on a, a normal distribution. Right. It's just a freaking bell curve, and they took the exact wow. center.
0: You can tell you just got done with your statistics class.
1: <laughs> it's a uh, monomial distribution. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a monomial. Distribution. It's just here's the high point. That's the mode we're sticking with. That it's not a, the more data sets you put in there, the numbers going to fluctuate. So in ten years from now, the numbers going to change. Sure. Because the U.S. Government. But all of this
0: to say is, Trump promised a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. And he promised to take care of the economy. Now, if you're blowing out growth, we'll just say the economy is doing well. In general, and there's less unemployment, but you're blowing out the debt to do it, I've got a problem with that.
1: Well, sure, but I think the game is like what Amazon's doing. But do you think
0: if, that that's good enough to get people to vote for him? Look, The average Joe doesn't give a crap.
1: Like, you ask him about the government, about anything, they don't notice anything. Alright, people can talk about how great the economy's doing, but if you just ask a dude down the street, it's been the same since 2008, nothing's changed in over 10 years so it hasn't
0: gotten better since the big economic I'm, I'm,
1: collapse. I'm saying since 2008 it's been about the same if you just ask an average guy that doesn't pay attention to the news doesn't watch politics because around uh you know the end of the the, the 2000s the beginning of the 2010s yeah everything kind of sucked for a bit things are really expensive and it's just people just losing jobs left and right now, yeah, you can say people have jobs, but it's not something people notice because it took over a decade for it to happen. It's not like in three years it all changed and, wow, you know, I remember a couple of years – it was a decade ago. That's a lifetime for some people.
0: Oh, sure. That's so half, it's, half it, of your life.
1: Yeah. Um, it, but it's, it's just one of those things where you look at it and it doesn't it doesn't affect anyone on the very small scale. I'm not saying it literally doesn't affect them. I'm saying them as a person – looking at the grand scheme, the economics and all this kind of stuff, they don't notice. What they notice is that we dropped a Moab bomb, mother of all bombs, and, the, and blew up a bunch of people. They know that President Trump, the first president to step into North Korea and ha- and shake the hand of a dictator, to have talks with North Korea, to start building a wall on the, on the southern border, not the first president to do that, the first one to make it like a major priority and get a lot of it done a like, lot, a I'm lot saying a lot of it like look if he, he made it pass they're getting it built it's going to get built yeah. like
0: you know, supposedly a hundred miles will be built during his first term
1: sure whatever but okay. it, it's it's you know it's getting done you know he got that approved it he got the but you is know, that
0: enough for people to vote for him
1: I think so because you can look at all the numbers you want but the numbers don't mean anything, right? So working at Best Buy, when someone uses the Best Buy credit card, I say, hey, you can get 5% back, or you can do 18 months financing, right? One of Those two things are very different when you break it down. So I can tell you, oh, the economy is 5% better, and you're like, what does that mean? It's like saying, you can get 5% back with your card, and you say, no, no, thanks. But if I say, yeah, you're going to get uh, $523 back, yeah, I'll do that. I can tell them, oh, you're going to get 18 months financing. Oh, I'll do that. Or until I say, hey, it's going to be $210 a month for 18 months for you to pay this off. Oh, I don't want to do that. It's how it's broken down. So the way people talk about everything with the big numbers and budgets and things like that, it doesn't mean anything to anyone. They just look at what's around them. People are generally more happy about uh, Trump because he's just like he could not care less about what some people do and say. Obviously, he does care, um, but from the what? perception of a lot of Americans, that he doesn't. So I think that's why he's going to get reelected, because no one's looking at the the issues that we see, uh, the issues that the mainstream media talks about, or even the alternative, the budget, the budget, the budget, the budget. No one cares, because you know what? Most Americans can't balance a budget. Most Americans, most people working in the government, too, when they had the, the longest government shutdown, thanks to Trump... We, It was a very interesting study people conducted. I think the whole thing was just a social experiment because you found out that a majority of the people that work for the federal government that make way above minimum wage are all living paycheck to paycheck. Even people making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. You know, if you look at them, how are they going to look at the federal government and think, well, I could do better? They can't. Well,
0: so what's going to happen is if we make debt so cheap, but someday that isn't going to happen. It's just people don't Any get longer. it. Everything's
1: yeah. so simplified. They think Robinhood and Anchor apps, or not Anchor, uh, Acorn <laughs> apps, where you invest to put some spare change. You don't make money out of that. You're not gonna make. You're never gonna make the projected amount of money on Robinhood or on the Acorns app or on E Trades. You're never gonna make the. Pres- the projected amount because Americans think they can throw five bucks in there, make me throw through a dollar here, there in there. It's never going to do anything. You have to be very committed to it and put a lot of money into it and very, like just study it. It's not a CD where you set it and forget it.
0: Well, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I think a lot of people can do budgets and there's a lot of people making money day trading, but day
1: trade, like actually day trading, not the the simplified app where you give five bucks.
0: you trade and that's a day trading or, you know, Is it, what's the other? There's lots of.
1: Whatever, it's another one of those stupid, tra- you know, but I, trading apps.
0: You're using a lot of these, the average American doesn't care. I, I think a lot of people do care. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, people, I'll say under 30, who are oblivious to it because they're more concerned about what the uh, last. Yeah, but
1: they're the ones that what vote. What Molly
0: Cyrus or J-Lo's doing or exactly they don't then,
1: care and they're the ones that are going to be making all the huge voting decisions in the next couple of years i don't know but most, look the baby boomers are, are just like more people out.
0: old. i know but more no
1: no more old people vote
0: than a greater percentage of older people vote than younger people
1: and but the thing is those younger people are getting older <laughs> okay <laughs> no. So we're we all, can keep saying the older, older people are going to vote, been. when we're assuming the older people are going to be like concerned. No, the the stupid hippies and stuff that I grew up with, my age, by the time I'm your age, are probably going to be drugged out doing the same dumb stuff. So they they don't know how to do anything. You know, it's like when I was high school. We never had a budget class. We never learned how to write checks. Never learned how to count money like the way you need to in a store. We never learned any of this. The basic life skills. In, right. You ma- look, I know you taught me, but school never did. Okay, which is arguably a pretty much the exact place where you should.
0: Well, if we're all
1: paying for it, so. I I I'd expect life skills versus I need to know stupid things about math that "quote unquote" average American is never going to use. So I, not to make this rant too long, but I'm just saying he's going to win again, and it's going to be because no one is looking past. Um, some of the very surface level things that he's done. I mean, they're big for some people, but they look a lot bigger so than they actually we're
0: are. noting that prediction now that you're thinking Hillary Clinton against Trump and the choice will be for Trump. That's your yep. prediction.
1: Yeah, I think the D- Democrat Party is going to split. But it's I've had that s- prediction for the past
0: four years. The yep. Democrat Party is going to split. Well, that's a possibility. And with that... We want to take a moment to acknowledge all of our Stream of Consciousness listeners out there. We appreciate all of you listening and adding to the value of our podcast. Um, When you share your Stream of Consciousness consciousness with us, you are helping to produce a show. And I have a special call out to Curtis in Kansas City, who subscribed to the YouTube channel this week.
1: Hey, and if you found value in this podcast, please utilize your Anchor app or our PayPal link to donate and support the show. We use Anchor to pay for hosting the podcast, so uh, links can be found through our website, www.bloodpumpmedia.com. You can also cross your streams of consciousness with ours by emailing us at manchild.post.com, or the old guy at or bloodpumpmedia at gmail.com. We want you to interact with each other, so look for The Man Child and The Old Guy page on Facebook. You can also listen, subscribe, and share your thoughts through our YouTube channel as we post episodes there.
0: And we'd love to hear from you, your suggestions, your comments, so you can help produce the show and we can get better at what we're doing. If you like what you hear and you're finding value and entertainment in what we are doing, then by all means, tell others by crossing the streams of consciousness with them. So uh, there's a lot going on in the world and um, there's some of a crazy uh, don't be got, don't be that guy stuff this. Don't week. be that guy. Yeah. So um, these things always get crazy. And of course, our favorite state to have crazy people in is what? Arkansas? No, it's Florida. Um, and there, there's a Florida woman who's accused of aggregated, aggravated assault after being refused pizzas, a pizza slice. And she was uh, uh, arrested. She's 22 in St. Saint John, Saint John's County. The sheriff's office arrested her, and she's been charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill and is being held on $1,500 bond. And this is in St. Augustine, uh, Florida. She became angry after... An unidentified woman said no to her request for a slice of pizza. And I'm going to cut you, she said with a steak knife in her hand, and she tried to attack the lady. Uh, The report adds that a male bystander was able to take the knife away from this lady, but she soon found another one and tried to attack the woman again. Hey, if you ask people for a slice of pizza and they say no, go ask somebody else. Don't try to kill them.
1: Yeah, get hangry like that. I wouldn't know where were they that they got all these knives.
0: Uh, yeah, usually pizza places don't have steak knives, so <coughs> very interesting. Yeah. So there's this other uh, really crazy thing that happened down in Australia. Um, there's a horrific scene where a woman decapitated uh, the her ma decapitates mother as four year old boy looks on. And so, she's getting into an argument with her mom, and the daughter became violent, and ended with uh, her just going ahead and slicing her mom's head off.
1: I'm going to say it's probably not the right way to end an argument.
0: Yeah. Like, you and I disagree all the time. Yeah. But I've never considered chopping your head off. Really? I mean, I've whacked you upside the head before. You've never thought about chopping my head off? No. Do we need to go back and consider sociopath status know. for you?
3: No, no, no. I'm just hyper-focused.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this is a lady that was 57, um, and neighbors came out, and the, they found the mother's body uh, with multiple injuries and, of course, beheaded. Uh, the daughter was arrested outside the home of a neighbor, and the four-year-old boy was taken to the hospital. Uh, with a minor head injury. And I guess he witnessed this whole thing. So he's going to be traumatized for the rest of his life. He's
1: going to be the next great uh, Australian serial killer. We haven't had a real good serial killer in a long while.
0: Well, there's probably several going on right now. We just don't know I just know, think huh? it's
1: going to be... They're going to be crazy. They're going to be crazy. Because it's going to be really hard to hide it these days.
0: So, yeah. So don't be that that person where you get so mad that you're going to chop somebody's head off especially your mom don't chop your mom's head off i love you mom and so the next don't be that person or don't be that guy is this indiana woman who stole somebody's dentures and then wears them to the meeting with her probation officer Mm. Now where do you do this First off, I wonder, did,
1: did she already have teeth? And she was just wearing them and she was like, while she's talking to the probation officer and he's just looking at her like, God save her soul.
0: Well, the probation officers meeting with her noticed that she's got these teeth in her mouth and she didn't have them before. So the probation officer thought she had stolen the teeth. Um, the sheriff's office wrote on Facebook that while speaking with this lady, a deputy saw the dentures in plain view inside her home, and they were even reportedly labeled with the alleged victim's name on them. Hmm. So it was very obvious that she had stolen somebody's teeth. But, this, first off, this has got to be uncomfortable because dentures are form-fit to your mouth. Well, so when if you're, you're high
1: on meth, I'm sure you don't care.
0: Well, that's true. I mean, we don't know if she was high on meth, but... Um...
1: I feel like we can don't... make a safe assumption.
0: Yeah, some sort of drugs were probably involved. That's yeah, I you know. If you're on probation, it's for different things. They don't say what she was on probation for, but um, don't be that person to steal somebody's dentures, and then definitely don't be that guy and wear them to your probation meeting. <laughs> and our last don't be that guy is this Arizona place this lab where they uh, deal with corpses and uh, they kind of sell body parts off and things legally. Uh, But the...
1: Quote, unquote, legally.
0: The people in this place in Phoenix, it's the Biological Resource Center in Phoenix. It's a body donation and tissue bank facility. It's being sued by eight families because the people there, you would talk about sociopaths, They found buckets full of heads, arms, and legs, heaps of male genitalia, different, they had taken different people's body parts and started sewing them together. And I guess there was one corpse that they had sewed a woman's head on a male body and then like hung it in the side of the room as uh, ornamentation. Um, They were dismembering bodies with chainsaws and bandsaws and this is just a creepy place uh there's pools of human blood and bodily fluids were found on the floor of the freezer there's no identify no identifying marks on any of the corpses so nobody knows who all the body parts go to they found a cooler again filled with just full of men male genitalia and they the bucket of heads the heads were all infected inside there um just kind of crazy frankenstein kind of stuff going on and uh this kind of creeps me out that there's
1: how do you get a job there i,
0: well, I don't know i mean uh, like what
1: kind of qualifications do you need like oh i see you Howard, have a juvenile record of mutilating animals uh, you want a job
0: yeah right you know, they
1: just go to the correction facility
0: arson no bed wetting uh. do they put you in a room with like a small mammal and a exacto knife and see what happens mom oh, i made a a cutout
1: oh very nice Timmy. Yeah. you're supposed to use the paper not the cat
0: right yeah I, there's something disturbed going on with the individuals at this place so anyway don't be that guy that gets a job there hmm. and if you do uh run so there's an interesting story that's come out in the Washington Times uh, where there, um, you know, recently the U.S. military has allowed women to get into special forces, and it's become very apparent that there's a special um, type of woman that uh, excels in these areas.
1: Masculine ones?
0: Uh, well, I don't know about that, but... Uh, The test to get into the Rangers or the Navy SEALs, any of these kind of elite units, is very difficult. And uh, the women are very driven to get into these positions. And over four years, only 30 have earned the Army Ranger tab. And I've uh, known a couple of my friends that have become Rangers. It's very difficult. I'm sure like many people... Uh, have watched the documentaries on how to become a ranger. These are very difficult uh, physical kind of things. Of course, Navy SEALs is the same way, but army medical researchers now are doing all kinds of tests on these ladies to um, figure out what makes them tick and why they're so different. Um, Of course, there's always a debate about whether we should have women in combat or not, but, um, but there is these, this small amount of women who are able to, f- to make it through the uh, physical and mental training to become like an Army Ranger or a SEAL. And so they're doing a lot of tests on these ladies just to figure out um, what, what is different about them that's um, made them uh, able to get past the physical requirements. Uh, to become part of these elite groups, and what they're calling these ladies are hyper fit. Um,
1: hyper fit.
0: Yeah, they're calling and they're they call them hyper fit women, and that um, that they are super competitive, and so they're trying to study that to see what's different about them from the general population.
1: You think in general they're going to start just pumping them full of steroids?
0: I hope not. That would that would make them kind of like. The old joke was, the East German women and the Soviet women in the Olympics always, you know, back in the eighties and stuff like you that. Sure that. That's was, a woman. Duh. That was always a joke in the uh, comedy movies and such of the day because
1: they didn't never really explain the joke. You just said well, Soviet the, women and all the East all, all the Gen Xers <laughs> and Boomers out there.
0: Well, they they always made fun of them. The East German women would have a unibrow and extra hair, uh, a movie that would be good for you growing up would be the, uh, the trenchable from Matilda. Oh,
3: okay, that, okay. That,
0: kind of, that style woman was the joke in farce movies and such from the, the eighties and the nineties right. that the East German and the Soviet women were all like that. These kind of steroid and very strong kind of had a lot of body hair kind of looking women not very feminine but moles on their eyeballs yeah that kind of stuff so there is this kind of interesting study that's come out of study finds about how really a spicy diet is linked to eventually getting dementia and uh, this is a study coming out of australia
1: adelaide australia
0: adelaide australia A new long-term international study has found that a spicy diet could lead to dementia. According to the study, older adults over the age of 55 who consume more than 50 grams of chili per day displayed nearly double the risk of developing poor cognition and a decline in overall memory. Interestingly, slimmer adults indulging in a spicy diet exhibited even more significant memory loss. And a quote from Dr. Sumni shea said chili consumption was found to be beneficial for body weight and blood pressure in our previous studies. However, in this study, we found adverse effects on cognition among older adults. And I thought this was really an interesting study.
1: So you're never going to, like, go crazy or anything, are you?
0: Why Why do you say that?
1: Well, you don't. I mean, you, you eat some spicy stuff, but you're not, like, super skinny, so. <laughs> you know you're not gonna you're gonna be like live forever and know exactly you're gonna have photographic memory in a couple of years
0: probably not i don't even have close to photographic memory right now but
1: what was i wearing when i started this episode
0: the same thing you're wearing now
1: what evidence right there you knew exactly what we were doing 30 <laughs> minutes ago
0: that's good enough for me yeah that's right um well it is something to be said i um I don't eat a lot of spicy food now, simply because.
1: Okay, dude, you you hawk down jalapenos and jalapenos like it's water. Not, okay, you just not like I used to. <laughs> not like you used to, it's still bad now. You're like, oh, this is kind of spicy. <laughs> and then you complain about the heartburn and how much it burns later. Yeah, I'd... but you you still do it. So either you're gonna go nuts. I know, or... but I like
0: the spicy food.
1: Okay, that's fine. When you have dementia, that's... (laughs) Well, you just uh, said I won't get it. I don't know.
0: Don't lose too much weight. Did you stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night?
1: How old is that joke? I don't
0: know, but it still works.
1: (laughs) Are you a doctor? No, but I did stay in a Holiday Inn Express last night.
0: okay. So this is an interesting story. Uh, Four out of ten adults regret their life choices. Yep, I'm in there. You're in there? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. This is out of London. Um, s- small decisions like what to eat or dinner are too much more consequential ones, such as choosing a career to pursue. We are all faced with numerous choices on a daily basis, and it's human nature to look back, the story says. But according to a survey of 2,000 British adults commissioned by UT- UK Charity Consortium, remember a charity, four out of ten people regret how they have lived their lives so far. Spending too much time at work and not traveling enough were among respondents' biggest regrets. Other common regrets among those surveyed included neglecting their health and not spending enough time with family. Many wish they had been a better parent to their children. And all of that regret seems to be a big motivator as well, with 40% of respondents claiming that they want to make some positive changes in the near future. What do you think about that? Especially with your Zoomer no i I definitely generation. agree. It's because um, you're you're twenty one and you're already saying you regret some of your life's choices.
1: The, we're gonna stay in this topic for a while just so you know i I've mentally had to grow up probably much faster than you did um, anywhere around my age because all the things you were exposed to was like a little bit every time I was exposed to something. Like pornography or drugs or drinking, smoking or whatever it is in life that affects people. When you were exposed to it, it was like this one instance. Like for me, if you're exposed to that, it's everything at once. Because of the internet. The way the internet's like, you you see one...
0: Because you grew up as a digital native... You're saying you're exposed to a lot more. Yeah,
1: because it wasn't just like Oh, that's a that's a pretty picture of a naked woman, and you click on it. It's not just like that picture. It's instantly it's mm-hmm. hitting you from all around. Um, and then you know someone gives you a puff of a cigarette. And next thing you know is, it, it will, you're you're hanging out with everyone else that smokes, and then you're just constantly well, that's smoking. Not and,
0: much different from.
1: But it's it's just because everyone can just intercommunicate and all this kind of stuff constantly. It's not like the. You're, you're that one person. Everyone will communicate exactly where to go at a certain time. And then um, you know, in all this kind of stuff, all this kind of information, things about life that maybe we shouldn't, you know, kids like me shouldn't have known about until I was, you know, 16 versus 9 or 10 um, it hit me really early on. So that affects your life decisions. It makes you think you're way older than you actually are. And then you have all these other experiences that like, don't exist. And then, uh, you know, I've had some life experiences where, Definitely feels like I've aged a lot. Like when my first car blew up and I was stuck inside and it's on fire and I I got out and it goes
0: boom. Well, that is an experience most people haven't had.
1: Yeah, and then when I fell asleep at a wheel and crashed in the back of a big truck, uh, that was a crazy experience, both car ones. Uh, But it's just – there's all these experiences in everyone's lives. For me, I've just had a whole bunch of not good ones. And each one of those ages you a whole lot because it takes away just like this part of innocence – like this, um, you know, fun part of your life, and so you feel like you're a lot older, so you try and make more adult decisions, and then you realize, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. I I screwed up. Mm-hmm. Like in a lot of my past relationships, uh, like my past relationships haunt me because of how much I screwed up in them. Not because it was like I wasn't just like a good. I was just I was a horrible person. In a lot of those relationships, and I treated people horribly, and I was very selfish. Um, and then, you know, just friends I had that I don't have anymore and the people I spent time with, the how I treated and talked to other people, um, you know, those kind of things haunt me. I'm 21 and they're going to haunt me the rest of my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I would definitely say. Well, I, this
0: goes back to, although you're experiencing all that and having these feelings internally, um, I would say that you're not alone. I, I think most people have those regrets um if you didn't have them then i would think that you're a sociopath yeah but uh but the reality is is we all have i mean there's stuff that only god knows about me Mm -hmm. um so and no one's ever going to know because it i did some things that no one needs to know but god's forgiven me for those uh but they still haunt me and every once in a while, the big bad ugly guy brings them up and throws them back in my face. Yeah. So I'm, but know. I do. Um, I preached a sermon many years ago when the um, pizza commercials were out, uh, Tombstone Pizza, and they always would. The catchphrase in the commercial was, "What do you want on your Tombstone?" I.e., do you want pepperoni? You want Canadian bacon? Pineapple? That's another story. Whether pineapple should be on a pizza, but it should uh, the the reality? I preached a sermon on that once using that tag phrase. What do you want in your tombstone? And a lot of people I've mentored over the years, I ask them, you should write the last chapter of your life right now, and then line your life up so that that last last chapter becomes true. So if you want people to think you were a nice person, if you want people. If you want to have great grandchildren, if you want this, if you want that, if you want to be remembered in this situation way, if you want to change the world um, by building wells in Africa or something like that, write that in that last chapter and then you should line your life up to gravitate towards that. If if that's how you want people to remember you or how you want to be remembered, then you should be making life choices right now to get to that point. Right, and a lot of people don't even they they're so enamored with the issues of today, and kind of what you were saying just, earlier the average about
1: American don't care about these greater just, issues. They look at it at a very surface level.
0: Yeah, just trying to get through today, and so that um, that kind of thought doesn't always ring yeah, true for them. It and, may come in in fleeting moments, but it's not something they really ponder.
1: Yeah, and if you're only living day to day. You know, if you make a mistake today, well, it was just, it's day to day. It doesn't make a difference until it's years down the line, and then you realize to stop mm-hmm. with this day to day crap. Like you actually have to plan things out. You have to actually have to budget and do a lot of other things. And then when you look back, you have so many regrets because you didn't think ahead um, and you didn't plan. So you mm-hmm. just made mistakes a lot. And people say, "Oh, the best way to learn is by making mistakes." There's a lot of areas, no, you got to be prepared when you go into that. You can't just make a mistake, then come back next time and try again. There there aren't try-again moments in life.
0: Yeah, well...
1: And I think that's what people...
0: I think there regret. are... You, you can go back and... Repair. Well, I, I'm
1: not saying that there are no... I'm saying there are not try-again moments... You know what I'm saying? I'm saying there are moments where you cannot try again.
0: Yeah, where you make a mistake and it's done. Yeah, and... Like I, if you uh, committed ve- vehicular manslaughter... You're done. I, Regardless of how you get charged with it and such, you took another person's life. There's no do-over there. You can't bring people back from the dead. Yep. So there are some things where we make choices that affect other people in such a way that there is no take-backs, so to speak. But but in, the, in general, there's a lot of areas where we could go back to somebody and try to renew our friendship, fix things. So if you were selfish in your past and regret those kind of decisions... Um, there's opportunity to correct yeah. some of those things. But uh, I, I feel bad that 40% of people, this was in the UK, but I think it probably is, in general in the Western world, probably might even be higher than that. If they surveyed everybody. That um, 40% of people really We're questioning their life's choices in such a way.
1: I think it it really has to do with being raised, because either you get people... You're raised in such a way to focus heavily on who you are, like your, your introspective emotions, and that's all you focus on. So your whole life's based off of that. So everyone hates you in that instance. Or everyone loves you in the other instance, because you're just like, oh, man, YOLO, good vibes all the time. But when you're in that instance, you hate yourself, because you... Neglect all those introspective parts about you, but when you're only about your feelings and you're all into yourself, you love yourself, but everyone hates you because everything's about you. Yeah. But the other one, nothing's about you. That's why everyone loves you. They love having you around because you're just like you're great, but you don't love yourself. And that's that's the two ways people have been live their lives. So as one, uh, you know, part so A, you're either,
0: you're either the person who takes selfies all the time, or you're the dude taking the all dorm, the pictures. Yeah, yeah.
1: the doormat. So eventually, those will catch up with you. One half, you're like, I wish I loved myself earlier. Another half is going to say, I wish I loved other people sooner. And either way, there's going to be huge amounts of regrets.
0: Yeah. That's why most of my life, I knew that God was calling me to do something specific.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And uh, when that, I mean, it wasn't until my mid-20s when I really connected the dots. And so um, every day... I live out to what God has called me to do in my professional life and as a person. And those two things jive very well together. And so I don't have regrets um, to say uh, what I'm doing. There are regrets on a daily basis like, oh, I could have handled that situation better. Um, I could have made a better decision here, things like that. But they don't override the fact that I'm still on the path that I feel God has called me to do and the way to uh, handle myself in this lifetime. So I don't have those kind of things. So I, um, I just challenge people out there. If you're feeling that way, then. Yeah.
1: I mean, it might have to do with my age too. You need
0: to get some introspective and, and figure out what God's calling you to do and what your purpose should be. And if you're not religious, um, God still loves you. And you've heard it as a trite saying, he has a plan for your life. Well, if you don't believe in God, then at least write the last chapter of your life and what you want it to look like and move, move in that direction.
1: What do you want on your tombstone?
0: Yeah, what do you? I mean, that's a a legitimate question. Do you want a, your tombstone to say you were a jerk?
1: I'd rather if it just said my name, when I was born, <laughs> when I died.
0: Yeah, that's it. I don't know. Maybe a little stick figure at the bottom. Maybe a little smiley face emoji.
1: Oh, man, dude, It's we're we're in that decade. 2020, someone's going to die, and their tombstone's just going to have a bleh, tongue sticking out, <laughs> winky meh. face.
0: Mine's going to have meh. Meh. <laughs> Not so Sir much. meh. Well, to change it up just a little bit, there was a story out of um, the UK. Of course, we're getting here where we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the landing on the moon. And uh, what's interesting is that... The stories are coming out now about how much human poo is on the moon. What? (laughs) Yeah. So it it turns out that as the astronauts were collecting all of these rocks and samples of moon dust and everything that they're pulling back from the moon.
1: They're dropping off a bunch of stuff?
0: Well, they had to displace that weight somehow. Mm -hmm. And so basically all the poo that they had put into the system on the way of the three and a half days to get to the moon. And while they were there, they basically just dumped it out on the lunar surface so that they could carry back the rocks. (laughs) So,
1: I mean, that's smart though.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, physically, um, so there's about 96 bags of human waste filled with urine, feces, and vomit because the astronauts may get sick. And, uh, that's all been left up on the moon by U.S. astronauts so far, um, which is proof, proof positive that life can't exist on the moon outside of a spacesuit, because we would see things growing up there by now, I'd imagine. Of course, we really haven't been up to the moon. We
1: just got to terraform the moon, man. Put, yeah. a, put a biodome around
2: it.
0: Yeah, that, that would be the only way to do it because I don't think there's enough gravity. To
1: yeah, well, I, 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 I feel like it doesn't matter what you do. It'll get destroyed at some point because the moon's just a giant like asteroid catcher, right?
0: Yeah, it actually serves that purpose for the Earth. So I feel um,
1: like we're gonna build something on there and it's just middle of the night you hear a big boom. And you look up, there's a bright light on the moon, and just everything's gone. Everyone's dead, he's an asteroid hit it. Three trillion dollars to waste.
0: Boom <laughs> crack crack the shell. Crack. <laughs> yeah, Whoops. so that would be a bad bad form to build a exoskeleton on the bad moon.
1: Bad time to invest in Trump Moon resort
0: but you could put on the light side of the moon you could build like a dome there because solar panel, i guess are, I, I, what are they gonna do to charge the moon <laughs> well the moon doesn't the moon spins but it spins exactly what the earth yeah. so you There's could always put the some, dark
1: side of the moon always the light yeah, side
0: yeah so in this modern day the dark side of the moon is what catches most of the asteroids um so if you were in the dead center of the side facing the earth I'm sure there's a scientific name for that that escapes me right now, but you could build a dome there and no big whoop. So, well, um, I do, as you brought up politics earlier in your little bit of a rant. um, So this has been going on for the last couple of weeks and really the last year or two is about whether or not Trump, President Trump is a racist. And my, my contention is, is that Uh, nobody's looking at anything he says or does objectively they're all looking at it subjectively yeah they look at it
1: as this is he's a racist so all these things are racist versus this is just actions of a human being does this make them racist
0: yeah so it really as i watch the news media and everything that's going on and i got a little clip here that we can play uh in a second that um just really reveals this point. But basically, if uh, you lean more left and you didn't vote for Trump and you don't like him, he's a racist. If you lean more right and you voted for Trump and you support him, then he's not a racist. So basically, 40% of the population of the United States thinks he's a racist. 40% doesn't. Um, And then there's the 20% in the middle, which a lot of them probably held their nose and voted for Trump. I held my nose and didn't vote for him. I voted third party because I thought he was a jerk during the debates. Wuss. Uh, and I'm not a wuss. I just have principles, and and I couldn't vote for the guy. Uh, but I understand why people did vote for him because of political correctness, and they wanted somebody to punch back. And I understand why people didn't vote for him because they don't agree with a lot of his policies and what he was talking about during the campaign. So I get all that. So I'm sitting here as a person in the middle looking at what he's doing objectively, and I, I can tell you this one thing, and, and there's a clip I'm going to play here from Ben Carson from uh, Fox Sunday Morning on the Business Network with uh, with Ben Carson. Ben Carson is a person I respect, mm-hmm. and um, if he would have stayed in the race, I voted for him in the primary. I did too. Um And if he would have been the Republican nominee, then I would have voted for him. Not many of the other Republican nominees I would have actually voted for, but I would have voted for Ben Carson. And I still will vote for him because I think he's a very intelligent man. Of course, he gets called an Uncle Tom all the time. Uh, But let's listen to what he says, because he says, and he gives some examples of why Trump is not a racist. And uh, he says some things in here that I think are important.
3: a new escalation in President Trump's showdown with the four progressive Congresswomen known as the Squad as their Twitter battle continues to blow up social media. Minnesota Congresswoman Ilhan Omar tweeted this last night. You all should end this charade and accept that this racist president wants every black, brown person deported and Muslims banned. His immigration policies say this much. The president tweeted this morning, I don't believe the four congresswomen are capable of loving our country. They should apologize to America and Israel for their horrible, hateful things that they've said. They are destroying the Democrat Party, but are weak and insecure people who can never destroy our great nation. Ben Carson is the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, and he joins me right now. And, Mr. Secretary, it's good to have you on the program this morning.
4: Thank you. Good to be with you. What a
3: fight. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, look, you're an African-American successful business person. You're the secretary of, uh, of HUD. You work for President Trump. Is he racist?
4: Uh, he is not racist at all. You know, The first time I, I met him, it was before we got into politics, was down at Mar-a-Lago. And he and I were talking, and someone came up to him and said, uh, Mr. Trump, Rod Stewart is here. And, and he said, yeah, but this is Ben Carson. You know, That's the kind of person <laughs> he is. <laughs> and, and you may remember when we were uh, running for president at one of the debates. And I couldn't hear my name announced, so I was standing there. Everybody else gleefully walked past me, but Trump stood right next to me until they straightened it out. You know, that's the kind of person that he is. You know, he lived in New York. Jesse Jackson gave him an award for the incredible things that he had done in the African-American community. Uh, I have never seen anything that even resembles racism. And look at the policies that have been done, and look at the people who have been helped. You know, black unemployment at the lowest level ever, Uh, same thing for Hispanics. Uh, You look at the fact that he has engaged so much in second chance for people, you know, things that other people talk about but he has done. You know, opportunity zones where people who've made enormous amounts of money have the opportunity to take unrealized capital gains and to plow them into the areas of the country that have traditionally been neglected. You know, it's what's been done. It's not the it's not what's been said or how it's been interpreted and hashed over and over in the media.
0: And so, this is what Ben Carson says at the end of that little segment: is it's how it's interpreted. Yeah. And if you look at objectively anything Trump says um, or tweets, like at this point in his presidency, he's tweeted forty three thousand times i heard on the news today um, nice and, yeah. mo- and most of it is controversial stuff
2: yeah and i mean well, guy- it's
1: controversial to some people like trump was one of the first people to <coughs> hire mexicans and blacks in florida when he opened a business mm-hmm. um you know his his driver in new york for almost his entire time living there was the same black lemonese uh, lemonese uh, <laughs> limousine driver <laughs> Um, he was in a documentary. Only had good things to say about Trump, and you know he just yeah.
0: That's the thing is everybody who's interacted with him except Omarosa, yeah. Uh, but I think she still likes him. Um, whether they're black, white, brown, whatever, um, they all like him personally. But he has this persona out there of being a jerk, and uh, and I. A lot of what he's tweeting, a lot of people agree with in principle, but not the way he's saying it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I think that's a problem. Now, again, my premise is, is if you believe one style of politics, you hate Trump and he's a racist. If you believe another style of politics, then you like Trump and he's not a racist. And um, campus reform... Had uh, interviewed some college students. Now, arguably, this is a lot of gotcha kind of stuff. They're gonna they put together these videos where they interview college students on different things, and of course, they're gonna use. I you never know how many people they actually talk to, and of course, they slice it together. But it does amplify the point that if you are of a certain bent, is this this where they talk about the Obama quotes
1: and then say it's Trump?
0: Let's let's listen to that for a second. In another story, though, uh, deporting illegal immigrants convicted of crimes is racist,
5: according to students at Georgetown University, when they think those ideas were from President Trump.
4: Listen.
0: I think that policy comes from a place of, like, white American nationalism. Donald Trump has
4: kind of, like, embraced this rhetoric of, like, racism and xenophobia that is not beneficial to our
1: country. This administration has totally not done anything moral.
3: This is really awful. The only problem is the comments that they're reacting to are from President Obama in 2014.
4: Even as we are a nation of immigrants, we're also a nation of laws. Undocumented workers broke our immigration laws. And I believe that they must be held accountable. That's why over the past six years, (coughs) deportations of criminals are up 80%. And that's why we're gonna keep focusing enforcement resources on actual threats to our security.
5: Okay, so how did they react when they found out that it wasn't Trump, it was Obama? Here with more is Campus Reform's Cabot Phillips. Cabot, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so you just simply read uh, a statement, and you said this is from a president, and so they did the math. They figured, oh, that's got to be Donald Trump, right? Right. That's exactly what happened, and predictably, every student came out and said, this is white supremacist rhetoric, this is horrible, this is evil. And I've seen this. I've talked to thousands of students with leadership institutes, campus reform. I've seen the rhetoric grow, and when you teach people to oppose things based simply on who's proposing them, based simply on who's saying them, in this case, Donald Trump, people get left out to dry. They realize that they hate things not because of the actual merit of the idea or the quote, but just because a president that they don't like said it.
0: So and that's exactly my premise. Whether you like Trump or not is the deciding factor about what he says is racist or not.
1: It goes with your agenda. You know, if you want him to get out of office, you're going to say everything you can, believe everything you can to get him out of there.
0: Yeah, even though his policies, all he's done is pretty much carried on Obama's policies and the laws that have been established by a lot of Democratic House members and congressmen of, and uh Well, Congress and House are the same thing, or Senators. Um, They've all voted on these kind of things, but now it's bad because Trump wants to do it. So, um, and I find this very interesting in our culture that we're judging what people say um, by the assumed character of the individual. Now, I believe Ben Carson is a good person, and I don't think that he would work for somebody Who's a racist.
1: And let's preface, we've both met Ben Carson. Yeah, I've,
0: I've shaken this man. I've sh- shook, shooken, shaken, shaken. He shook man my hand. He, he shook shooketh me my th- hand. <laughs> but yeah, I've shaked his hand. I've uh, talked to him for a few seconds. You got a photo with him. I do have a photo with him. Um, very nice man. Very intelligent. Uh, a doctor who's done...
2: A brain surgeon. Yeah,
0: who's separated twins... Uh, that were connected by their heads. Uh, very intelligent man, very dedicated person, and I appreciate him, and I don't think he's going to lie to me. But he is right when he says it's how people interpret it, and this gentleman from Campus Reform uh, brings that out. Let's, let's listen to the rest of the quip, clip, because there is something interesting one of the college students says at the end of what I clipped.
5: ...realize that they hate things not because of the actual merit of the idea or the quote, but just because a president that they don't like said it. Watch what happened when I told these students that the white supremacist quote that they hated was actually from their beloved President Obama. I'm going to show you the person that said that quote. Is that surprising?
2: Yeah, a little bit.
5: Why is that surprising?
2: Because
1: I thought it was the Trump administration. Yeah,
5: it's quite surprising. I thought it was from Trump.
1: I didn't
4: expect it to be Obama. Do
5: you think it's still a practice of white nationalism, though, to deport criminal legal aliens?
3: I think the way Trump's doing it is.
5: Obama actually deported more people, though. So, it's in practice, it was more from Obama, though.
3: What's your question?
5: I mean, it just shows the hypocrisy (laughs) in politics. So, one person can say something five years ago and... Next thing you know, it doesn't apply to them anymore. Wow. Right. I think you could attribute a Mother Teresa quote to Donald Trump, and many college students would blindly say, well, that's evil. That's coming from a place of hatred. It's very sad to see just how intent people are on opposing everything he does. And also, it shows, I think, how quickly the left has radicalized on immigration. Mm -hmm. Five years ago, what every person could agree is reasonable, deporting people that have broken the law again and committed crimes, now that's considered racist. And I think it's the rhetoric of the left now to the point where you're either pro-illegal immigration or you're anti-immigrant. That's a false dichotomy, a false decision that many college students have been given. And I think it leads to this kind of of
0: rhetoric on campus. So the whole idea about illegal immigration is another story. But I'm using this clip to amplify the fact that all of these college students are probably sitting around professors who hate Donald Trump Mm -hmm. and uh, are espousing that left and right. And so as soon as anything's attributed to Donald Trump, it becomes bad. And uh, they they are acting like non-player characters. Did you say NPCs? Tra- NPCs. It's well, not
1: player. It's not non-player character. It's not playable characters.
0: That was non-player.
1: No, not playable characters. Not playable NPC.
0: Ca- NPCs. You're being an NPC right no, now. No,
1: you're being the NPC. No, you're yeah, being yeah. an NPC. <laughs>
0: mine, mine, mine. But um, yeah. So the the whole premise here, I I think is. Cultural, And I think this is where the, the concept of the next election is going to end up. <clears throat> 40% of people are definitely going to vote against Trump. 40% of people are definitely going to vote for him. And there's this 20% that's in the middle that's going to sway the election left or right, uh, Republican or Democrat, no matter who's running. And I, I tend to believe that if Trump keeps pushing the buttons of people the way he has in the last few weeks that the way he's doing it is so um, terrible that he's pushing people who were in the past that held their nose to vote for him and now they're not. And so he's, um, unless he makes some serious changes, I don't think he's going to win re-election simply because... He's he seems to be going past. Uh, people were putting up with his rhetoric and punching back to a certain point, but it seems like he's he's went past that point.
1: No, no, because the Democrats just ripping themselves apart. Well, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat it, or not. It's, it's true. Your own party's ripping you apart. You got the the squad who are a you know a jackal of morons <coughs> that just laugh and they're like a bunch of hyenas. No one's really in charge in that. Omar, not Omarosa. What's the Eham, Miliam Musama William something. Omar. Yeah. She like married her brother again in the country and she's already being investigated for that right now. As far as I know, Yeah, the Minneapolis and
0: times of it's, it's, a, it's dude, this is just, she just got divorced.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're ripping themselves apart, which is exactly what all this is. So then you're, you have 25 candidates running in the well, primaries. Earlier you
0: said 27. 27. Well, what
1: I'm sure the other t- there's a guy Tom something that's running for 2020 and he has a rainbow sign that says impeach Trump. It, I don't know, it's on YouTube for ads. And there's some other dude, I don't remember his name, but they're all running so you can have people that are going to split from the Democrats to go run for their own thing cuz I think they got a shot and, and you know what's going to happen, it's going to happen with Roosevelt and his, for his second re- going for a re-election was the vote was split between him and some other guy, he would have won, but then a third party candidate came in. And took even a little bit more of the votes, so the Democrat just went whoop and got in because he the, they, the party was split between these three guys. Well, and the
0: same thing happened to Bush Sr. with Ross Perot. Yeah. That uh, Ross Perot jumped into the race. He split the conservative vote between Bush and Perot, and that's how Bill Clinton got elected his first term.
1: Yeah, and, and that, that's, that could happen for the Democrats where instead of, you're just going to have Bernie, who, who, who either uh I'm I don't know yet. I, f- I think he's going to stick with the Democrats because they, that's where all yeah, the money is. That's where the power is. But it's, but it's going to probably become uh, – towards the end, if it's getting close enough and he knows he's not going to get into it, what he's going to do is he's going to separate from the party or he's just going to the Na- – the American Socialist Party. He's just going to go ahead and do it. Um, and then you're going to have the Justice Democrats are going to take like Kamala Harris or something – Elizabeth Warren's gonna try and do something. Green Party. I don't know. They're yeah. all gonna take every avenue they can as long as they can be in the race. So when it gets down to the actual voting. Yeah, and
0: when they when they when they're in their debates and they're asked if we should give free health care to, yes, yes, to yes 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 people yes, 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 yes. Uh, who are immigrating to the country illegally and they all raise their hand and of course they're already in states like California. Giving out free education and um, free everything, and we talked earlier about our budget deficit just blowing all kinds of records. Service on the debt now is reaching a point where it's a um, almost getting to a point where it's going to surpass our military spending pretty soon. How do we keep giving away this free stuff? And these kind of left lean policies. Uh, these far left positions have actually got the national governor governor's association up in arms and the uh, democratic governors are their stories this last week about the democratic governors are sounding the alarm that the increasingly far left positions taken by the party's 2020 presidential candidates are harming electoral chances of down ballot candidates. (coughs) That is to say that all the presidential candidates wanting these uh, social policies that are very far left, uh, it's hurting people's chances about and hurting the democrat Democrats' chances of keeping the House and probably Senate races.
1: I mean, even in even in a, a, yeah, you know, like your local districts and things like that. someone's running for city council, they're they're not going to get voted in if you know, even though they say they don't support these things their party well, supports all this right, stuff so then you're going to look at them it's synonymous synonymous because, whatever synonymous synonymous yeah, synonymous easy,
0: easy for you to say sir thank you the and, uh, yeah so the, the the concept right now in the democratic party is you either agree full bore with what everybody's saying or you're a racist or you hate people mm-hmm. and all of that there's no center line no centrist position really in the democratic party anymore it's way to the extreme. The Republicans are kind of going that direction as too, as well, but they are not as wrecked right now as the Democrats are. And these governors <coughs> are saying um, the warning comes as Democrats running for the president for president have fully embraced numerous positions including universal health care, de- decriminalization of illegal immigration that would have put them on the fringes of the party during the last election cycle. And the governor of Rhode Island, who uh, is the head of the Democratic Governors Association, says, I don't think that's good policy or good politics. And so I f- she, the, New Me- the governor of New Mexico um, says, I think it scares people. And one of the most volatile issues likely to cost Democrats politically is universal health care that also ends private insurance. Now, the one thing uh, that um, the Affordable Care Act it allowed you to keep your insurance did not allow you to keep your doctor, which is what Obama promised. Keep your insurance. Keep your doctor. Yeah. But it changed up everything to make it actually more difficult, and people lost...
1: And then they tax you if you don't have insurance.
0: They're and all... Yeah. All those kind of things where they could... They had a chance to free up things... Costs would be so much less with health insurance if they would open up borders. That's another subject I don't want to get totally into right now. But the principle right now is what you're saying uh, and what we were talking about whether Trump's a racist or not and the subjectivity of people is that it scares middle America. And, 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 and this is what I'm going Middle about, income people
1: and this goes back to like the average American not caring about the, the budget and things like that. And that's the, that's the thing the average American doesn't because the average American is fairly Democrat fairly liberal um just going by the numbers so they don't care about the numbers because if they really did this stuff uh would scare them n- not just because like hey man i don't know this is this is starting to get a little funky because you cannot care about a subject all you want um but at some point someone like gets really hardcore about saving the dolphins like they're gonna marry a dolphin you're gonna be like okay hey but i mean i don't i'm, I'm all with you saving the dolphins. I don't know that much about the dolphins and what's going on, but like I'm I'm with you. But you're starting to freak me out. And that's the same with this. Yeah, free health care, and then someone's like super die hard about it, and they're like getting into things. You're like, well, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they Lynch start getting more and more to the detail, and you're like, no, starts to break down yeah. eventually.
0: So that and that leads us to our next kind of topic is the this, bad Barney. Well, this whole concept of a fifteen dollar minimum wage. Yeah. Now. What's happened in the Bernie Sanders campaign in the last two weeks, I think, is an example of what's going to happen around the nation. So let's let's then do our first clip about this, of uh, just kind of explaining what's happening with uh, Bernie's unionized campaign workers.
5: Bernie Sanders repeatedly pledging to raise the minimum wage for workers,
3: but the working class of this country is sick and tired of working longer hours for lower wages.
0: We have got to raise the minimum.
2: Minimum wage to a living wage, 15 bucks an hour.
5: But Sanders is apparently not spreading the wealth. Unionized workers on his own campaign reportedly using his rhetoric to demand a pay raise for themselves. They say they're making, quote, poverty wages. And when you do the math, it comes out that they earn about
0: $13 an hour. So they're already making 13 bucks an hour. He's working them six days a week. And guess what is now happening?
1: He's cutting the hours so he can pay them all 15 yeah. bucks an hour. He
0: said, we'll raise your, rate. We'll raise your wage uh, to $15 an hour, which he's not actually doing. But then he's cutting their hours back. What he actually did was made them all salary instead of paying them $15 an hour, which is a double whammy because once you make somebody salary, they no longer get overtime. Yep. So not only did he cut back on the number of days that they could work, He made them salary. So so they have
1: to work that extra six days. They
0: they don't get overtime for it now. And so this is a concept that people have talked about. If you mess with this $15 minimum wage, people can't afford it. And one would argue that a presidential campaign, which is getting, especially Bernie Sanders, millions of dollars in, would be able to do this. Uh, But that's not what's happening. And so the concept here, we can look at Seattle and Illinois as two different uh, kind of places where this minimum wage is getting messed up, and that's kind of where I want to talk about today. I personally, I don't agree with any minimum wage. Most people don't make it. The study suggests that 3.7 million Americans actually make the federal minimum wage, which is $7.25 right now. So that's only 3% of the entire population. Yeah, I, mean, really... I don't know what the – there's – let's say there's – it might be 5% of the working population. But most people don't make that. Most people are making far above that.
1: Um, well, I mean the, the, I know where you're going with this is that way. We, we don't need the minimum wage. Just get rid of it and you know, business <laughs> business grows. I know. I, I took the economic and business classes. thing is I've never seen it anywhere in, 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 in actually work. It, it's just – it's basically a theory. Um, so I think it's a correct theory, but until a state just abolishes a minimum wage and we wait to see what happens, I, I'm just going to say, just stick with the minimum wage because it's, it's, it's a, it's a dangerous concoction of where, um, uh, you're going to have businesses they are like, oh, okay, I'll pay two bucks an hour. Well, then that business will go out of, well, go out of the thing. Um, yeah, but then you're going to have businesses where, um, you know, they're, they're paying great, but they only accept so few people. And, and I think it's going to collapse to that point where there's going to be a whole bunch of people that don't have jobs because uh, no business can, like, agree to a point where, oh, this is a fair wage because someone else will pay you a penny more and someone will pay you a penny less. Mm-hmm. It's going to go back and forth. and it's yeah. Gonna
0: So, yeah, apart. it comes down to benefits and such. The, uh, well, my contention here is that I, I don't personally agree with the minimum wage because I think employers are going to pay you what you're worth um, in general. Now, I know there's some, we know there's unscrupulous people out there, and there's people who are desperate, like the scarlet letter of our time is having a felony on your record, and those people are going to be desperate, and they, people are going to pay them a low wage to get them in the door because they have a felony. So I want to throw the fringes of the bell curve out here, because that's uh, not in the purview of this discussion. We're going to talk about kind of the middle of the road. Um, so in general, that there shouldn't be a minimum wage. Most, most people are going to gravitate towards the job that pays their skills at the highest level. Now, the, that's my personal opinion. Now, I realize that in general, like for the convicted felons and such that are out there trying to find jobs, we do need a minimum wage to make sure that employers aren't taking advantage of them. So I, I understand that reality. Whether or not it needs to be $15 an hour is another story. No, no, it doesn't because it's going to
1: cause inflation to go
0: yeah through the roof. But the the reality is is that um, places are going to increase the minimum wage and certainly if one of these uh, Democrat um, presidential candidates get in, they're going to raise the federal minimum wage. Whether it ends up being $15 an hour, who knows. Uh, but definitely if the Democrats get in control of the Senate and the House, it's probably going to pass. What I would encourage people to do is do it more like Illinois and not like Seattle. So let's listen to what happened in Seattle.
2: The fight for 15 Democrats in Congress and on the campaign trail are pushing for a higher minimum wage. But one Seattle restaurant chain says higher minimum wage in its city contributed to its bankruptcy. Dan Springer has the latest from Seattle. Dan with Congress close to voting on a measure that would raise the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour, a cautionary tale from Seattle where big employers are currently having to pay at least $16 an hour. Restaurants Unlimited, which owns 35 restaurants mostly on the West Coast, and seven of them here in Seattle, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy last week and in its declaration cited high wages as one of the factors. Over the last three years, the company's profitability, has been significantly impacted by progressive wage laws along the Pacific coast. The result was to increase the company's annual wage expenses by an aggregate of $10.6 million. Some examples given, Portland, San Francisco, and Seattle, where over the last three years, workers pay has climbed 35%, 41%, and 69%, respectively. I think it's just the cost of doing business has gone up, and it's really hard to adjust your prices in a restaurant uh, at the speed that the market changes.
0: And so he's talking, this is really a terrible statement by this employer. The market didn't change. The government imposed a new pay scale. And this is what he's getting at. And this is my premise is that Seattle overnight pretty much just increased the minimum wage and said, you guys comply. And then they've also added, uh, (coughs) if you're a business that starts out in Seattle and you want to move outside the city limit to pay your workers less, there's a fine for doing that now. Yeah. To try to keep employers in the city limits of Seattle, and um, for him to say that the market did this is an incorrect statement, the government actually did it.
1: Well, when the government controls the market at that point, you know what's the difference? Right.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but the thing is, is that Seattle implemented this so fast it didn't give ch- businesses a chance to adjust prices because if you adjust prices too fast, then All of a sudden, you lose all your
2: customers. It's hard to to adjust your prices in a restaurant uh, at the speed that the market changes. Nearly every Democrat running for president in 2020 supports raising the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. And the bill to do that will be voted on the House floor on Thursday. The nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office just released its report on more than doubling the federal wage floor. It said 17 million workers would get a pay raise and 1.3 million people would be lifted out of poverty. But on the downside, close to three times that many could lose their jobs as companies get more efficient. An advocate for $15 in Seattle says that's way too pessimistic based on what she's seen locally and with restaurants unlimited.
3: There's been 111 restaurant openings in Seattle. So clearly people see that this is a great market for opening a restaurant. And
2: I think that there was something else going on. 29 states currently have laws on the books which pay a higher federal minimum wage the 7.25 that it's been at since 2009. Back.
0: So, my contention is Seattle again raised the minimum wage too quick; it, it wrecked businesses. <coughs> Illinois recently um, voted to have a 15 dollars minimum wage, and here's how it's being implemented: is over the next um, six years, it's going to go from 8.25. Uh, after the first of the year, it's going up to nine twenty-five, and then next next summer it'll go to nine fifty, and then every that's so often, it, yeah. Um, the next year, uh, the next first of the year, it'll go to ten, and then every year after that, up through twenty twenty-five, it's going to go up to fifteen dollars an hour. <coughs> now that's going to increase everybody's wage. Uh, the battle in the Illinois state. Uh, legislature was to have $15 in Chicago and then other areas around the state which doesn't have the same cost of living as Chicago would be allowed to adjust to a different level like maybe $12. Uh, But the state devoted the entire state would do the $15 an hour. Now of course instantaneously it's going to give people a pay raise.
1: Yeah it's what you and I have talked about before is like if if the national the federal minimum wage became 15 bucks an hour i would say 6 months nine into a year everyone would start seeing like wow my bank accounts are growing or you know i'm spending money it's going to be great for the economy um but then after that 6 months the inflation is going to hit like crazy because you're going to have people that are spending the money just left and right and then you're going to have people that aren't spending any of it and it's just going to throw the economy totally in, in into a whack cuz it's going to be this huge like well, sugar rush out of nowhere yeah.
0: Yeah. And, it, what happens is prices adjust for that. Yeah. So if you're making $10 an hour right now, prices will adjust to where that becomes the norm. And then all of a sudden that $10 an hour doesn't feel so great anymore.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's the gas station attendant thing I always tell people is like look that one, that 99 bag of chips at the gas station is where the bank, the gas station mm-hmm. makes its money. The attendant in there making 7.25, if he's making 15 bucks an hour the next day, that 99 cent Bag of chips is now going to be like three fifty bag of chips wow. because they need to be able yeah. to afford the kid. They can't afford, you can't afford thirty two thousand dollars a year just selling like dollar bags of chips.
0: Yeah, well, uh, when I was a kid, I remember when candy bars hit fifty cents a candy bar, and I went. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, and I went <laughs> to uh, buy a candy bar. Uh, actually, yesterday, a score bar, very good. One of my favorites, dollar forty nine. Yeah. So it's went up. Uh, what would that be, two hundred percent? Since I was a teenager, um, so in uh, basically thirty five years, the dollar has went down that much in value, and that's a byproduct of how people are paid. Now, the one thing that I want to bring up with everybody that tends to get lost in discussions about the minimum wage is the fact that many unions' uh, salaries or the, the, the negotiated contracts that they have state that, and you can look in the show notes once they're posted on the Facebook, uh, several stories about this, that they are guaranteed a certain percentage in a certain amount over the minimum wage.
1: And you wonder why I had some issues with uh, some of the unions out there. It was because they're doing the same job, but they're getting paid hundreds of dollars dollars compared to some people. And you just wonder, like, what the heck is...
0: Yeah, so if the minimum wage goes up, uh, there's many unions, not all of them, that have negotiated into their contracts that they are going to get paid so much more than the minimum wage. So... um, and usually union workers are making um, above average in the certain jobs that they make or the certain jobs that they do. So they're going to get a pay raise. The bottom level workers that are making minimum wage are going to get a pay raise. But guess who doesn't get a pay raise in all this? The, if if uh, the pay rate goes from eight fifty to 10 bucks an hour, the person making $11 an hour, they're not getting a pay raise in the middle of this. Almost never does an employer give them the same dollar an hour jump that the 850 worker gets. and their costs end up going up because the aggregate per hour wage out there goes up, which makes prices eventually creep up. And so the $11 an hour $12 an hour worker gets screwed in the process. And so people don't often talk about that uh, that these middle wage middle wages, They're above the minimum wage, but they're not super, you know, just basic middle class, lower middle class wages. They're the people that get screwed when the minimum wage goes up. That the lower workers get a little bump and the people on the higher end of the bell curve get a bump, but the people in the middle, they get screwed. And and one thing you
1: look at is two things I'll say before you move on is like, if you're, if you're making 12 bucks an hour, you know, you're making like 24, 25, maybe Thousand a year. If you you penny pinch like crazy, and you have ten grand in your savings, like you work really hard to build your savings up, with the adjustment for minimum wage and the money up, the inflation, that ten thousands isn't worth ten thousand anymore. You know how much you've worked to build that up. is yeah. it's worth like maybe seven thousand.
0: okay yeah, because every most of the people running for president have what's considered the modern day. Uh, money theory which is the government can print whatever money they want yeah that's totally wrong devalues your savings yeah. so if you're a person and this there's no reason to say i mean you have a savings account i know yeah because mom and dad taught you to do that i have a savings account my savings account gets like 2.25 percent interest
1: yeah i don't i don't even do that i just have a money market account which i know is a little risky sometimes because they can uh, crash technically but it, because because the amount of money that you get from the interest is like nothing. Even yeah. if it's the 2%, it's like, here's two pennies a month.
0: When I'm I like, took that's my, not worth it. When I took my first certificate of deposit out when I was uh, 17, mm-hmm. $500, I was getting 8.5% interest on that certificate of deposit. I don't even get anywhere near that on my CDs today. Yeah. It's still 2. I think the highest one I have is 2.6%. So, it, I and this all is. It, it Messing with people. So, yes, I understand that governments are going to raise this minimum wage, but at least do it the way Illinois is, where it's a slow, steady process over time. Not like Seattle, where it basically kind of happened too quickly, and it disrupts businesses.
1: Now, I will say that the Quad Cities, I think um, raising the minimum wage would be pretty good, because... Uh, for me, I've worked several jobs here and I've tried looking at other jobs. Most of the jobs here pay $1 over the minimum wage. Mm-hmm. So you're making like 8 bucks an hour.
0: Well, this um, will be an interesting study in, in minimum wage dynamics since the Quad Cities of course straddles the Mississippi River and you have uh, Davin- Moline and Davenport. On Davenport side. and Bettendorf in Iowa which isn't raising the minimum wage, but Moline, East Moline and Rock Island on the Illinois side of the river, which will be raising the minimum wage, which includes uh, the largest employer in the area, which is down Deer Manufacturing. So it'll be an interesting dynamic to look at to see how the raise in wages on Illinois is going to affect the Iowa side of the river.
1: Someone at work tried to convince me that, uh, oh, the new law is going to be set. So if you don't live in Illinois, you can't get the minimum wage. I'm like, no, it's the minimum wage. Like they can't pay you any lower. Yeah. Uh, but yeah.
0: I, I think there's some caveats in there. But
1: but yeah, uh, if you go over there and you start working at McDonald's and they're paying you 15 bucks an hour, and you come back to Iowa, you're making bank. Yeah, because it might not be worth a lot over there, but it's worth a lot more in Iowa.
0: Yeah, but uh, also a reminder, something we've talked about before, that 15 dollars an hour is also the trigger point um, for employers to start um,
1: letting you mechan-
0: go while well, mechanizing what you do. Yeah, start letting Um, you go. Yeah, robots will start taking over some of these jobs. That um, there's a story in the show notes about even um, restaurants in New York City that are automating making uh, little rolls and things like that. That um, the New York Times has been talking about this. uh, Basic functions of humans are now being mechanized, and robots are, and the employers are saying. Well, the robot never calls in sick. It basically runs 24 7, needs very little maintenance. And they cost a lot up front, like $30,000, but they expend that $30,000 over five or six years before the robot needs to be replaced. And that is a lot less than paying a human person. Yeah. Um, Well, most persons are human. I guess I should have said it that way. Being racist? Uh, uh, Or anti human? Pro? Are you saying certain people aren't human? Um, I guess I'm being pro-robot. Pro-robot? <laughs> I'm not sure. I do want to touch base on a couple stories around the world uh, before we uh, complete our episode number 15 here. Uh, Re- Mexico just set a record for the murder rate. Uh, isn't that great?
1: What is it? Uh, Mexico sets first half murder record?
0: Yeah. They're five 5.3% murders or 5.3% more murders this year than the same period in 2018. Mexico saw 3,080 killings in June alone. The country has 125 million people, uh, and in the first half of 2019, there's been 17,608 killings. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The first half of 2018 was only 16,714 killings. Now, so, a lot, of, of course, a lot of this goes back to the drug trade that's happening in Mexico, but um, we need to realize that there's, in the immigration policy and such, people coming up from Mexico, there's a lot of problems with um, people in Mexico killing each other um, some of the people coming across the border are definitely part of these gangs and drug cartels, but a lot of people are fleeing that kind of violence.
1: Yeah, but a lot of them are also bringing it. Up. So I, I yeah, I, no. that's
0: another story for another time.
1: Build the wall, build the wall, build the. <laughs> oh. We're gonna make Mexico pay for it.
0: So something very interesting happened happened last week that not a lot of people talk about. Of course, we remember Michael Phelps from the last couple of. Um, Olympics. Uh, great. Uh,
1: the crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> Outside um, of Walmart.
0: Yeah, but uh, he did break a lot of records and won a lot of gold medals. Uh, but a 10 year old record held by him in the 200 meter butterfly was just broken by this uh, kid in Chechnya. Um, let's see. How old was this kid? Uh, I lost it here. In the 19 st- year old. Hmm. Um and so this record that Phelps had uh, for the 200-meter Butterfly has been uh, held for about 10 years. But this uh, 18, 19-year-old kid in Chechnya, or Hungary, I should say, not Chechnya, Hungary uh, broke the record, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but uh, a lot of people thought that a lot of his records would never be broken, but obviously. records Just put
1: bottom. more shea butter on your face and you'll just swim through the water fast. That's what it is. They're just putting butter on their face. Is
0: that that what it is? Yeah. Well, when you look at these guys who swim really well... They shave everything. Well, they shave everything, but you'll notice that they have kind of disproportionate-sized torsos. Yeah, it's gross. Their
1: their arms are just giant.
0: Yeah, so it's really interesting. Now, another story uh, that's interesting comes out of China, where... um, a vlogger died because he started easy, eating poisonous centipedes and lizards. And this guy was trying to... Um, his last name's Son. I can't pronounce his first name without being really... Sounding terrible. But um, He, well, was he try- wouldn't be
1: able to because it said named only by his surname. Yeah. Son. So there is no first name to be... A- yeah. I don't- well, he...
0: Yeah, he was trying to get more followers on his... Social media accounts, mm-hmm. and so he was videoing himself eating these uh, poisonous centipedes and geckos, and killed himself. <laughs> he's thirty-five years old, and the more
1: you know. So
0: he's he's filming himself. I should have put this in the "Don't be that guy," but it's. Yeah, I think it's, this
1: would be a good fit for that. But in general, this is this is just really stupid. I don't know uh, too many people that would think eating a poisonous centipede or just insect or animal in general would be a good idea I, I mean in my head i could see maybe uh chomping down on a lizard's head spit it out wash your mouth out you might be fine but then not, again a lot of this poison will seep through your skin man and just skin yeah, contact can kill you
0: not poisonous stuff i mean that, it's just it's just dumb welcome to china guys yeah so um yeah i, I just found that interesting that the Chinese are getting so westernized now that they're that kind of narcissistic that they would... They when weren't care.
1: they, man? It wasn't America and England that made them do that? They've been narcissists forever. You know how many kingdoms there were by the time the opium well, wars started, well, man? they sure, Come they're,
0: on. they're communists. Sh- they're self-centered more than we are. Sure, their leadership was narcissistic, but not the people. And now oh. yeah, the people are kind of... Oh. So the last little story from around the world I want to touch on is this little Chechen boy, uh, Ram Kuravev, who's six. And he broke the world record of push-ups. 4,183 push-ups in two hours. What? Yeah.
1: That's possible?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's kind of interesting. They show a little video of him doing it every once in a while, he stops and then he'll do like six real quick. Uh, But this kid is jacked. He's (laughs) Uh, so. If you click on the link in the show notes, and uh, you'll see the video there of this little guy, just this little six year old, just doing the press ups. And there's these uh, there's a guy from Guinness and a guy from uh, someplace else that just have little counters in their hand, and he they're just sitting there clicking it off. And they uh, followed him for two hours. And he's just doing these push-ups like crazy. 4,183. Now, the old guy here does 20 push-ups every morning. Uh, so, <laughs> Really? Yeah. But uh,
1: I was wondering what that big thud and, oh, <laughs> every morning well, was. Well,
0: occasionally, because of uh, playing softball or whatever I do, I uh, stress my shoulders or my arms a little bit. So, yeah, occasionally I have let out a little. you got to
1: do a couple push-ups or pull-ups.
0: Yeah. Why don't you do some of those? Not right now. Mm. So, uh, as we finish up our time here, two stories just to um, end on a positive note. Uh, what do? You, there's a story that came out in CNBC.com about what the top, most grossing films of all time are.
1: Right now it's Endgame.
0: Well, that, this, uh, they did a study um, checking on on tickets and using um, a certain year's price point for the dollar to figure out. um, They adjusted for inflation, basically, to figure out what the top 10 highest grossing films of all time. And Endgame didn't make it into the list. But what do you think? not.
1: Okay. You're going to make it sound like the Endgame's not even like we're mentioning this. It starts the article by saying Endgame is now the most, like the highest grossing box office thing ever.
0: Well, because of pure dollars. But they went back and did a um, I don't remember, I think it was 2017, I think the story says, that um, they based it off dollars from 2017 and then went back to the tickets' average price of a ticket and then went back with the amount of tickets that were sold and did this kind of comparison. I thought it was quite interesting. I didn't guess uh, but three of the movies in the top gross. So number 10 is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Number, number nine is The Exorcist. Number eight, Dr. Shivago.
1: Uh, doesn't sound familiar.
0: Number seven, Jaws. That's one I guessed that Jaws was in the mix. Number six, The Ten Commandments. Oh, no, really? And number five was Titanic, the James Cameron, I'm the King of the World. Number four, E.T. Eugene. The Extraterrestrial. Number three, Sound of Music. And I think Sound of Music and uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs actually made it in there because they've been re-released several times. Yeah. Number two, Star Wars, the original 1977, and number one, Gone with the Wind. Now, part of the reason they say Gone with the Wind was in there is because uh, nowadays, when you go to the theater, there's like, I don't know, when we go to the local multiplex, there's 30 movies yeah. that we can choose from. And back when Gone with the Wind came in. Uh, Picked two or three. <laughs> yeah, there was only two or three. And now, so,
1: I will say one thing that I don't think you're mentioning is that a lot of those say, over the past 80 years, all the tickets sold for reruns and the bot and all this kind of stuff. It's not just like the original weekend box office thing. And so it's like.
0: Yeah. But I, I so. thought it was kind of interesting to see that. And the last uh, story I want to hit on today, which is something that's kind of interesting. Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody becomes oldest music video to break one billion views on YouTube. Woo! And I think that's uh, really a cool thing that that song that uh, was produced so many years ago has just hit a billion views. The music video was released in the 70s. And so it's been out there about 44 years. um, And it's been viewed that many times. Of course, it's been... Um, rehashed in different ways. Very popular song by Queen. Queen's a band that you either you like them or you love them. Uh, their their hits were very popular, but their B sides and such weren't as popular. But um, I d- I just think that's really a cool thing, and it's well deserved by Queen. I don't.
4: They all
1: look funky. <laughs> I, I like well, Queen. When I sold the truck to Girl Child, um, I left a Queen. Uh, cassette tape Their greatest hits In there That was just What I was told I want to ride My bicycle I want to ride My bike, I want sure. to ride my bike. That some, was like One of my favorite songs
0: classic songs Out there Yeah The uh But I, I'm just proud I It's something from My childhood One of those songs That Woo,
1: I Go gay people, people.
0: Yeah
1: oh. Wow You had to go there What? They, he's, he's gay
0: Well yeah, yeah
1: I'm saying yeah Go gay people There you go Music video for you guys That uh You know That's a good representation Of y'all sure.
0: Well, that's about it for today. We'll be broadcasting from the basement again next week. I'm the old guy. And I'm the man child. Don't forget to cross the streams of consciousness with others as we've done with you until next week. Don't fall up a down elevator.
1: And remember, if I don't make it back, you made me come here.
0: See you next time. God bless
1: you. Thanks guys.
2: bloodpumpmedia.com